Hi, and welcome to EC Honestly with Kayla and Lisa. Here we discuss the ups and downs of working in the field of early childhood education. So listen, hopefully learn, and enjoy. We would like to acknowledge with gratitude that we live, work, and learn on the unceded and traditional territories of the Coast Salish, Quiquitlam, Tsleil-Waututh, Squamish, and Stotlo peoples. My name is Kayla, and I've been working in the field now for, I want to say, about eight years. Um, and one of the reasons that I went into the field of early learning is very personal. Um, in a nutshell, my safety was kind of, well, not kind of, it was very much uh, an issue and a concern when I was an infant. And so... Thanks to the amazing, I'm going to give a little shout out here. Thanks to the amazing um, educators in uh, Langara daycare, I was, or childcare, uh, I was able to attend um, with no questions asked. Uh, my mother was a single, well, yeah, she was a single mother uh, with the, trying to finish college, trying to get an education, and we did not have money because <laughs> many people in those situations don't have a whole lot of disposable yeah. income. Um, and so without even batting an eyelash, they sort of, they took me in and because at the end of the day, the number one thing that I think we believe in is the safety and of children. Absolutely. I, um, hi everybody. My name is Lisa. I've been in the field for about four years. And I went into the field because I have a pretty big family. I have a lot of siblings that are quite older than me. They all had young kids when I was still growing up. So I've sort of always been around children at different stages in their lives and having lots of nieces and nephews. And so I think for me, I've just always really liked being around kids because that's just what's been natural. That's just been what's sort of forced onto me with having a big family. And I think the biggest thing for me is that I can learn as much from children as I can teach them. So I think there's a lot of reciprocity in that relationship and that's what I really wanted to engage with. And I just also wanted to mention to you all that Kayla and I, we used to work together. We did. What was it, for maybe two years? Like, yeah, I think so. But those were some great times yeah. that we had together. Yeah. That's when I was like fresh out of yes. my diploma program. And I think I was on the verge of starting to complete my infant toddler studies. Yeah, you were, you were. Oh my gosh, that was such a stressful time. Yeah. I worked in North Vancouver. I lived at the time in Burnaby and then I was going to school in Coquitlam. Wow. So all oh over. My, oh my gosh. It was like, <laughs> I'm here. I'm there. Like, I think I lived on the highway for like all those years. Yeah. It was, it was tough, but it was worth it. Yeah, no, those are great times. And since we've gone uh, to different centers and we work in different places now, but we've come together because we feel like it's really important to discuss the ins and outs of early childhood, what it's really like for educators talking about kids, talking about fellow educators, talking about families, and really promoting a positive outlook on early childhood and what we do. Absolutely. And I think there really is no, there are not many platforms in which we're really able to discuss any of those uh, subjects that, you, or any of those topics that you've, that you've brought up. I mean, what we do have is very far and in between. And I think a lot of it is still quite, it very much is catered towards an older audience. Yes. Um, 
And not to say that that's not, that's a bad thing or that's not important, but there are so many different platforms in which we can really get our voice out there to be able to say, Hey, I'm important. I'm a vital aspect to society. And this is why I matter. Yes. (laughs) Preaching to the choir. (laughs) And I think a lot of young ECEs also want to hear this. They're facing the same challenges in their life. They see the same things happening. And like you said, there's nowhere to sort of put that out there totally. so that people know about it. They, We want you guys to know about the field. We want you to learn about what we do and what our values are. And I think in having this platform and being able to really get the ins and outs of what we do, the importance of what we do, I think we'll also hopefully be able to change the societal lens in which we are viewed. Absolutely. Um, because even in the world, I mean, and I'm not, I don't want to categorize everybody as feeling this way, but I think even in the world of education and the world of academia, we're still very much on the bottom of the pyramid. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of it, I, we've all, and we've said this before, and we think a lot of it is due to the fact that, first of all, it's a female, it's predominantly female-based uh, career. Like, yes. I don't think I've ever worked with a man. <laughs> Not to say that they don't exist in this field, yeah. but it's very... Uncommon. It's so uncommon. Yeah. And... If there are any male ECEs out there, you need to be <laughs> like, get your voice you. heard. We love we you. We love you. Thank you for choosing this field. Totally. And and I think as well, um, it's also been given, because the foundation of our, of our careers and our profession is so embedded in care, mm-hmm. we have, it's basically been given the title of A, either the glorified babysitter. Yeah. Or B, the job that any woman can do yeah it's a very matriarchal yes (laughs) type of field that people think you know and it's not it's really for anybody it totally is and And it's hard yeah it's not any woman can do this not any man can do this no it takes a pretty specific person i mean you need to be patient first of all yes and this is and that's why i say so a little bit more about my background before I actually went into early childhood, I worked in makeup artistry. So I worked mm. in cosmetics. So I had a di- so I have a diploma in makeup, very basic hair. Like I cannot cut it, but I can style it. Um, and special effects. And I worked at um, I worked at a department store for a while for a specific brand. And I think the number one reason, like I've always loved children, and I always. I think I always knew I was going to work with children, but I kind of had to branch out and try something else first. Just to make sure. Yeah, exactly. Just to really hit it home that, okay, yeah, this is what I want to do in life. But I always say one of the biggest reasons that I can work with children and why I have patience with children is because I can forgive a child for acting like a child. It is my job as the adult to guide and care for them and being able to identify their emotions. Absolutely. uh, Learn learn self-regulation be able to um you know be able to to be able to say i'm angry and this is why i'm angry absolutely whereas i cannot deal with a 45 year old woman yelling <laughs> at me because the 20 the 200 moisturizer didn't make her look 21 again yeah so absolutely <laughs> patience is is so key and i think this is the funny thing too because when people learn that i work with kids all day they say, oh, you must be so patient. And I was like, not when I'm at home. No. <laughs> like, 
you I, see me in the grocery store and I'm like, nope, you need to get away from me. <laughs> and this is another reason why we need to talk about this because we need to talk about burnout. We need to talk about self-care. We yes. need to talk about why we need to be valued. Yes. And why it is so bad that so many people take their work home with them in yes. education. There is no division between... I mean, there may be, sometimes there is if you're super lucky and you work in an amazing place, but yeah. nine times out of 10, there is no division between your work life and your home life. It, it really does follow you. And because you're working with people, more specifically young children, it's hard not to think of those because you just become not attached, but you have such a strong relationship with them because you see them so frequently. Totally. That you wonder about these things. You think about, you know, where they're at in their life and what's happened at the center. Absolutely. And I think that's harder for all the amazing educators out there who work in very, very tough centers. Um, I know I personally, I used to, uh, I did some auxiliary work when I worked uh, for the YWCA and I worked at Crabtree Corner, Mm. which is in the downtown east side. Uh, Amazing center, by the way. Like the educators there are so wonderful. Like the, their curriculum is all about care and love and making children feel safe because it is a very tough part of, part of town. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how they did it. Like, I don't know how, how they were able to be, uh, like, I know me personally, it was so hard, even as a quote substitute teacher to not emotionally attach because Mm -hmm. you're dealing with very hard cases. Absolutely. And I think the thing that makes it so much harder is that you are dealing with children under the age of five and that just makes it tougher. Absolutely. And that is really difficult to not be able to attach yourself emotionally. And that's, again, something else we need to learn. And it's a, you know, being able to say, okay, I'm going to leave this at the door when I leave at the end of the day. Yeah. And and it really matters who you work with as well. Yes, absolutely. It sounds like at that center, the educators also had a strong bond. Absolutely. And that's something that people don't really recognize in our field either is because no matter where you work you're gonna have people you dislike that's just a fact but in a childcare setting when you find someone that you really have a good groove with it makes a world of dis- uh, difference absolutely for you know swapping out sort of understanding what the situation is how you're feeling reading that other person not only reading the children reading that person yes and making it work and going forward and i think that also comes back to the idea of why having that emotional um what's the word i'm looking for the emotional intelligence yeah comes in handy is because you do need to be able to read other people like i remember countless times when we were working you know if one child was having a tough morning like it's not uncommon that in our field we give some very um what's the word i'm looking for some very strong-willed children yes. and this is not a bad thing not I, bad. I first first of all i want to just say that it's not a bad thing for a child to have strong will if anything i think that's probably one of the most important things yes that a child could have because right from the get-go they're willing to say nope i'm sorry that does not work for me Absolutely. and this is why yeah. And we as adults need to be able to respect that and be able to have a conversation about, okay, well, why doesn't this work for you? Yeah. And let's see if we can find some common ground. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if 
everybody in the world could do that, I think we would maybe be able to achieve peace on Earth. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, and so, yeah, like I was saying, I remember even with you and I, because you were saying burnout is definitely a thing, um, especially when you work in a field where you're giving your all emotionally, physically, mentally, and and it's uh, it's constantly yes it's like constant very Maybe. much constant there is no like oh, i'm just gonna close my eyes for a second or i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the bathroom for a second it's like you're in and you're out yeah like, totally <laughs> <laughs> totally oh my gosh like bathroom breaks i think is like when you take your breather <laughs> you're literally sitting there and you're like <sighs> okay now i'm done <laughs> okay yeah okay back to the floor yeah, back to exactly work. <laughs> and it was funny because like we would look at each other and we'd literally just give ourselves the eye like yeah i need to just go like take two breaths and come back i need a second away from this child i need a second away from this situation totally and a lot of it is non-verbal body language communication because you know children listen yeah (laughs) and you need to be careful what you say in front of them they are always listening so you you need to be able to have that rapport with somebody else and the the comfortable feeling within yourself to just be like, I need to remove myself because I'm not being a good educator at the moment. Absolutely. And I think that in itself is also really hard because you don't want to admit sometimes that you don't know how to deal with the situation or you don't know how to handle the situation. And maybe if you, you know, like us, when we were very new in the field, we don't want to be like, oh my God, the new person, she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. It's very daunting at first. But it is. I mean, don't get us wrong. It's one of the most satisfying careers out there. So fulfilling. But it is challenging. It is. That's 100%. And a lot of the times when you get into the field, people say, well, there's no money in the field. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. But the truth is, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what you need to be more prepared for. Not that you're not earning, you know, buckets of money or a live, decent living wage for that matter yeah when we will get <laughs> that's into another that. subject we will get into that but that it will take a toll on you in a sense that you have to push through things you have to work through things work through the struggle of being an educator and sometimes even work through the system that is working so hard against you absolutely yeah and but i think one of the most fulfilling things about this career is when you see those little victories Yes. Makes it all worthwhile. It does. Like, I will come home sometimes and I'll be, and I'll tell my husband, I'll be like, oh my God, did you know that so-and-so finally pooed in the potty today? And it's so exciting. And he'll literally look at me and he'll be like, you're excited about poo? And they're just like, listen, this is a huge achievement. We don't, you don't take a second to think about things that you do second nature now that you're an adult, but... When you're that small and you're just learning all these things, you put on your shoes for the first time, you take your slippers off by yourself for the first time, they're all huge accomplishments. Totally. You you don't get that really in late elementary or high school because so much of their physical development and their verbal development happens during those first five years. Absolutely. And this is literally why you will see us making a big deal over those little achievements. Yeah. And it's because we want those children to feel proud of them. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like feel when we happy were... happy that you did this. Absolutely. This amazing. And I mean, we will even do that to each other as adults in the yeah. field, right? Like, oh my God, girl, you parallel parked? Good for you. Yeah. You like, did it. Oh, I did a good job on that one. Yes, I did. <laughs> 
So it's the thing is this field it's positive. It it's is all about positivity, keeping it light, keeping it fun, educating each other, educating ourselves with children. And one of the most important parts of that is knowing your own values, your own beliefs, and really reminding yourself of that on the daily, I think. And that's something when I first started, I didn't have, I didn't do. Mm-mm. I sort of had an idea, but I wasn't sure. And so that's why Kayla and I have discussed and come up with a set of values. Totally. And so in the field of ECE, we're always encouraged to do what we call our reflective value statement. And in a nutshell, what that means is what are your beliefs and what do you think about early learning and children? And so our reflective value statement that we came up with is we believe all children have a right to being respected, valued, cared for, as well as have access to education in every stage of life. We believe that we cannot achieve anything unless we work together as a society to care and nurture our most vulnerable citizens. Yeah, I think we often talk about respect amongst adults and the golden rule once you get, you know, out of childcare centers and into the school systems. And it's sort of neglected about those early years. Absolutely. And what goes on there. And that's why you could even take this statement, take out the vulnerable children part or citizens, right? The ones that don't have their voices amplified and apply that to adults right now. Absolutely. And who doesn't have amplified voices right now in our society? Totally. We're just trying to tell everyone and make sure you guys all know that this is something that even if you didn't think of it before, it really applies even more so to children. Absolutely. And I mean, then it kind of goes back to the idea of what are values? Do we have common values? And values, by definition, is the regard that something is held to deserve the importance, the worth, or the usefulness of something. And so I think that's very important when we're talking about what our views are when it comes to children, what it is when it comes to society, what do you feel about education? And more importantly, do all those all those subjects, do we all agree on them? And if we don't agree on them or if where you are choosing to go maybe apply for a job does not hold the same values as you do, well, then maybe that's not the right place for you to be working. Absolutely. And that's a really hard thing to come across because as you go into the field, you know, you'll be hit with the um, with the dilemma of maybe going into a center that maybe pays better, but you don't agree with everything that they're doing. And so you're now in the dilemma of, oh, my gosh. okay, so I'm making some decent wage, which we need. Yeah, which we do need, by the way. We need better than that. Yeah. Again, this is coming up. but not only that, but, you know, okay, I'm making a decent living wage, but am I miserable when I come to work every day? Yeah. And, or having that other discussion where you're like, okay, I love coming into work every day. I enjoy where I am, but the pay is really bad. I'm not making enough to sustain me to even come to work here. Exactly. Which is so disheartening. It when is. You find a good place or when you find good people and you're just like this, I... I can't do this because it doesn't support me in the way I need support in order to be here. Totally. And it's very hard to walk away from that as well. It is. Uh, And to walk away from children who you've seen basically from infancy. Totally. And the families. Yes. And you grow such a big attachment to all of those, which again, it's so hard not to do because 
we've always said that the basis of our profession is relationships. Relationships mm-hmm. with each other, relationships with the children, relationships with the families. Yeah. And so in building relationships, you do become close. You be, you create a bond. And many of many times I've had a child say to me, oh, I love you. And one of the hardest things as an educator is to remind yourself that you cannot say that back to them. Totally. You need to sort of refrain, check where you are. This person is not going to be with you forever. Totally. They are not your child. And as much as you might have those feelings for them, yes, it, you can't cross that line. 100%. And that's hard to do. It is so hard. And it's I want to say it's almost inappropriate yeah. when you cross that line because it's like you said, we're not their parents. Yeah. We are support for yeah. those parents. Yeah. And you, they might say it to you and you just have to honor what they're saying. Absolutely. And acknowledge it. Acknowledge <laughs> it and thank them for it. Yeah. But then you need to move on and like it, it fills you up in those moments, but you still need that reminder. That yes. This is a profession. Yep. <laughs> we are professionals and we don't cross those boundaries. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. It's really hard because you, like I said, you do create such bonds and like you share those milestones and you celebrate them and you're excited when they happen. And so to have to remove yourself from those emotions is a challenge. It is. Yeah. ECE is a process of becoming. Oh my gosh. Constant. And you've never like... Even people who've been in the world, in the ECE world for like 20, 30 plus years, I read this most amazing thing the other day that basically said an ECE is never done studying or is never yeah. finished learning. It's true. Yeah. Because it, it, like we, like we said at the beginning of this podcast is that it's evolving and this is what we're here to talk about. It's changing. The yeah. world is constantly turning and so is this field and you don't just wake up one day and you're like, yes, I'm 100% an educator. I always know what to do. I know how to handle every situation. I know the answers. It doesn't work that way. No. Sometimes you wake you wake up, you go to work, and you're just like, I don't, don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing at all. Yeah, or I don't know how to handle this situation. And you have to reach out to people that are coming into the field, that are new with these fresh ideas from university, if you're not the type of person to research yourself afterwards. But I think that would also be disheartening in the sense of this field because one of our requirements is we're Continu- we have to learn. We have to yeah. continuously learn. Professional development. Yeah, and you cannot get a li- your license to practice renewed unless you are will unless you can actually prove, hey, I've done my like, you know, I've I'm doing my myself due diligence. Yes. So, yeah about learning and continuing that process or like learning new theories or new concepts on how we do things and it's very easy to fall into a habit of just doing it to do it absolutely just get it over with or picking the easy ones like i'm gonna do a two-hour course on ergonomics and it's like that's great yeah have you already learned ergonomics before totally you need to take courses and take professional development that enhances your education and enhances your life with children and I want to say too that not only enhances but I want to say that challenges yeah you absolutely and that is so 
hard. Like I know for myself, um, it's not a first pick option. No, it's not. It's literally, you literally need to be the type of person who's open-minded that you're able to have somebody say to you, you know what? I think what you're doing is wrong. And this is the reason why. And you need to be able to sit there, listen. And I'm, and when I say listen, I don't mean like listen for the sake of listening exactly because you're not just sitting there going oh my god like please be quiet already yeah i mean like listen with the intention to learn yeah active be active about it absolutely and i mean i know you and i we kind of had that discussion about why it's so hard to be a new educator in the field (laughs) it's true because you don't want to rock the boat and you You don't want to overstep boundaries you don't want to create a ripple in the pond but these and especially now with the society and the way the world is going right now even more so this is the time to act this is the time to change this is the time to talk totally i like i know me personally um i look at my my own self evolvement um or self-evolution and it's so funny to see and you know just being critical about those first places that um that I worked in or that I volunteered in Mm -hmm. and why they had the problems that they had and why nothing ever changed um so I'll give you an example when you know I was fresh out of um when I was fresh out of uh my volunteer work because whenever you go in whenever you apply for an ECE program Mm -hmm. in post-secondary you have to do 40 hours of volunteer work yeah and I pretty I'm pretty sure they do this so that they can kind of weed people out to say, okay, can you handle this on a daily basis? Is this what you really want? <laughs> totally. And I know somebody who thought that they were going to be a teacher fresh out of high school. And they're like, yes, I want to go into education. They did their volunteer work. And they're like, no, I can't do this. Forget it. I'm not becoming a teacher. And I think that's a good thing. It is. It's, yeah. You know, to be able to say, you know what? I can't handle this. I would be awful in this profession. Yeah. And, and that's one thing too, is that you will find a wide variety of people that have entered the field sometimes you don't know why yeah sometimes you're like where were you 10 years ago you're amazing totally there's just such a spectrum for who can be in this field totally it's really there's no perfect educator there's no perfect educator no exactly there are different educators Uh, yeah so yeah So I was looking back at this and it was very much one of those centers where I think it'd be safe to say they look great on paper. Mm. You know, the wonderful places where they have the great pictures and the this is what we do and everybody's learning their colors and oh my gosh, this child knows their ABCs. But then you actually go in and you start working there or you start volunteering there and you're like, okay, well, I'm... 18 years old and all these people are older than me so I don't want to say anything and I'm just gonna follow what they're telling me to do and nine times out of ten or not nine times out of ten many a time in a center that's very status quo and unwilling to change when you're the volunteer person or you're the practicum student or you're the this you're the cleaning lady yeah I don't know if you had that experience but I had that experience all the experiences. So, all so many times. You literally go in and you're the cleaning lady. Yeah, it's true. And you're like, I want to go over there and play with the building blocks. And they're like, actually, we need you to mop the floor. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So educators wear lots of hats. Yes, we do. And that's not something they're doing to punish you. That's just that's just a fact. It you, is. You know, you're a carpenter. 
you're a cleaner, you're yep. a caregiver, you're, you're a, a nurse, you're a nurse. Sometimes I've had to be a paleontologist. It's it's a field with many hats. You're a jack or jill of all trades. Totally. And that's the brilliance of this education field is that you can, there's so many avenues yes. that you can go on. And that's what we want to discuss in our podcast. And I think that's so great because you can literally take your hobbies and bring them into your practice. Yeah. And it's really successful. Absolutely. Because you're already passionate about that. So now you're sharing your passion with these little people in your life. And they're like, yes, I want to gravitate towards that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so amazing. Yeah. So we just want to thank you all for tuning in, listening to us talk and sort of introduce you to our values, what we hope to discuss on this podcast and we've got so many more amazing subjects coming your way and we hope that you are also uh, open and willing to learn from what we have to say and we want to know what you think yes especially you educators you yes. voices are important they are necessary if we're ever going to make change in this field or in society so if you have any comments or questions Please, please, please send us an email at ecehonestly at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram at ecehonestly. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.